The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Jay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Went through a lot of different things last hour. More to get through this hour. Aggie Madness. What does Coach Craig Smith have to say about Utah State men's basketball and the event that was held last night in the Wayne Estes Center? National League Championship Series begins in uh, just a little bit. St. Louis hosting Washington Nationals. Uh, we also want to talk about things that are going on in college football. Some really interesting matchups in college football this weekend, especially against some ranked teams and some historic rivalries, which made us wonder, what are some of the five best college football rivalries out there? That'll be our Friday Five Best topic, so we'll get into that uh, as well. As mentioning what's going on one more time in high school football tonight. And don't forget to get your picks in for our Preps Pick'em Challenge and to select who you think are going to win the games tonight. And uh, if you have the highest score, you win a $100 gift certificate to Locker 42. Sweet. Love prizes. Love giveaways. So uh, we've got the links on our website, 1069thefan.com. Go through, make your selections. Ajay, have you made your picks yet? Uh, Yeah, I did. Uh, Straight chalk. I didn't pick any upsets. So I'll win. You're, you're a little behind. You're trailing me. You know what? It's because I forgot one week to make my picks. That's the only reason. Well, otherwise, I'd be beating you guys. One week, Eric, cost me a chance at a ring. So, anyway, I'm 10th overall. Just want to say that. Ajay, you're 36. Oh, my gosh. It's still time to, uh, to, to participate. If you haven't participated yet all year. Are you guys doing this for state or is it just regular season? So, we've got... Well, what are we in? Week nine? Mm-hmm. So we'll have this week, next week, which is this UEA week. It's a little bit shortened week. And then we're going to have one more week after that. And that's what we have planned to this point. Because that is the that week after UEA week. That's the first round of playoffs for state of Utah, but it's the last week of the regular season for Idaho. So that's what we've got planned. Uh, if you want to find out who's playing where and how you can follow along, go to cashvalleydaily.com on the menu, select sports, and then see local high school sports. Um, you'll see the full schedule, who's playing where. So here's a quick rundown. Bear River will be at Skyview. You can hear that on 104.9 FM. And right here on 106.9 FM and 1390 AM. Uh, Green Canyon will be hosting Logan. That'll be on 100.9 FM. And KVNU 610 AM, 102.1 FM. Great story we talked about last hour about the team manager Mm -hmm. uh, who's going to be treated to uh, a jersey and a first play as a quarterback as uh, he's got uh, a rare genetic uh, disorder that affects a lot of his muscles, but his mind is definitely sharp. But he's going to be involved. It's a really cool opportunity to, to recognize Johnny Stott tonight in that one. So that should be a lot of fun. Very cool. Uh, and then finally, it'll be Ridgeline 
hosting Mountain Crest, 104.5 FM and 107.7 FM for the radio stations calling those games. Utah State football has a bye week this week, but Andre, there's some pretty interesting college football games on the schedule. We'll get into that uh, in just a little bit with our Friday Five Best. Uh, you got a couple top 25 teams scoring off against each other. You got some historic rivalries going on uh, this weekend as well. And a little bit later on, the, the tail end of the hour, we'll have this week in the Mountain West a look at what happened last week in the conference and what's on the schedule for this week. But uh, before we get into that, Ajay, there was the Aggie Madness last night. Utah State men's and women's basketball teams had an opportunity to kind of show off in front of the fans and to a first look for the fans to see uh, some of the newcomers, some of the returning players, and have some fun with the dunk contest and the three-point shootout. Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty cool to see it. Um, and, and the women were able to scrimmage to kind of start off things. Uh, and uh, they had two four-minute halves. Um, they have this uh, Shyla Latone. She's not available to play this year. She'll be available next year. She can shoot. She's a baller. And then Lindsey Baker Jensen, or Lindsey Jensen Baker, who is actually a local gal. Yeah, um, she she's dealt with some you know medical issues. She had diabetes, and she was uh, behind two very good players. Coach, she's a lot in her. She's I mean they're excited about her. She actually beat Brock Miller in the three point shootout. Uh, I believe ten to eight. I, and you with fifteen shots each, it's your best of fifteen. And she was I mean she stroked it. She was good. Um, and then in the and then they had the USU men's basketball scrimmage, and you know I was talking to Justin Bean after this, you know, off the record, and you know I, I was just asking, you know, what did you think about it? And he said I liked it this year because last year there just seemed to be so much pressure, you know, that you know it, the, the place was only two thirds full, and you know the kids really didn't know how to take it. Should they joke around and have fun? Should they play really hard so they can show their skills off to the crowd, or what should they do? And so they said like it was just. You know, it was really rocky last year. So this year, it was just free-flowing. It was an NBA all-star mentality, and like literally NBA all-star mentality, just on the fact of, look, if he's got an open dunk, let him oop it. You know, if he's got a good, you know, if he's if you see someone, you know, uh, let him throw it down, let him take that open three. You don't, you know, you don't need to play all defense. This isn't anything for an all-preseason American award. And you could just see how relaxed they were. Like, I've never seen Sam Merrill in my entire life. I swear to life. And I've sat courtside for a couple of years now. I've never seen Sam Merrill have a grin on his face while dribbling a basketball down a court, ever. <laughs> and he just had got this big grin on his he face. Was, it looked like he was and out there having fun. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it's supposed to be about. Um, a couple of really good oops. Um, we'll, we'll get to the dunkers here in just a bit for a good reason, but um, they've got some shooters on this team, Eric. Um, Marco Anthony, who's not available this year, will be available next year from the transfer from Virginia. Uh, he'll be a good shooter. Uh, Bischoff, this Bischoff kid can shoot lights out. Um, I don't remember his first name, and I feel bad now. Um, but he uh, he's a shooter. Got a great stroke. Um, <clears throat> he'll be able to space the court out for this basketball team. Brock Miller, of course, uh, you know, coach feels like he's gotten better. You know, um, he got better at the last eight to ten games of the year, and feels like he's even got bigger physically now. He's even stronger, which is good for them. Um, and, of course, you know, Namiyash did dress. He, he he just shot around. Didn't take part in the scrimmage or anything like that. Just shot around. Um, <coughs> but, <coughs> again, look, Aggie fans, if you're thinking about getting tickets, 
go get him right now. Like, and this is me telling you that after seeing the scrimmage last night, this team's going to win a, quite a few preseason games despite the travel and the load that it carries. Um, they're they're going to win a few preseason games, and uh, they're going to be very, very good. And uh, you don't want to miss out on, on, on seeing this team. So uh, make sure you uh, get your tickets and go take a look at them, and uh, it'll be fun. So afterwards, Craig Smith... Had some comments. Yep. Yeah. He joined us in the uh, he. You know, he, in in this uh, audio, you'll hear him talk about first of all how much it meant to have a sellout. I mean, it was standing room only, where people like there's a big glass window. There are people like crushing against the window trying to get a view of this thing. You know, especially in the dunk contest. By the way, the dunk contest to begin it, Justin Bean comes out singing, "I can believe I, I believe I can fly," right from Space Jam. Dude, he's got a voice. He's man. If he doesn't go into NBA career, get him like on The Voice <laughs> or American Idol or whatever the crap they do these days. He'll he'll get there. I'm telling you, he's got a really good voice. Um, and the dunk contest was great. Berstow and and Kuba, dude, it didn't look like they were putting any effort into jumping. Now their acrobatics and you know the windmill and the through the legs, yeah, they were putting effort and thought into that. But just the effort to jump, there's a photo. Of Sean Berstow with his head at the rim. At the rim. A college kid. A freshman. At the rim. And it looked like he barely even jumped. And like the athleticism on this team is stupid good. You'll hear that and more right here from Craig Smith. Well, it's an exciting night. It's a great night for our guys. Um, and to see it packed like it was tonight, and you know, people standing, standing room only on the sides. Um, it means a lot to to everybody in our program. It means a lot to the I know for the women's team as well. And it's a sign that the season's almost here. And um, it's such an awesome day. I know our guys really look forward to it. At the end of the day, they're still young men, and um, you can almost always mark it down. One of our worst practices of the year is the day of the late show because they just can't wait to go dunk and play the NBA All Star game. And but you know what? That's part of the deal. And uh, it was really, I got goosebumps talking right now, but just to see the, the stands packed. And that was the idea last year when we had it in here and it was maybe, maybe three quarters full. And so it's fun to see the enthusiasm around campus, um, to see the traditional fans, but also the great turnout by the herd. And our student body is just, um, I mean, you know, coaches will say this all the time, but this is the truth with our student body. The herd is incredible. And they're backing and what they do. And, you know, our traditional fans will come to the game, certainly to support our team. But they're also there to, lo- to watch and enjoy the entertainment of the herd. And they are so creative and so impactful on our game. In ter- and in turn, we have one of the best home courts advantage in the country. So it's a special day for our program. On the scrimmage, obviously, you just kind of turn it loose out there. I mean, they did have a lot of fun out there. I mean, your, your height, you can see that with the dunks. And yeah. You're very athletic. Wow. We are. We're, we're definitely um, much more, we have much more physicality than last year, top to bottom. Um, you, it's obvious our length. You know, you see, you know, Sean Berso wins the dunk contest. And just mingling with some of the fans, they're like, how tall is he? About 6'5"? And I'm like, no, he's 6'7 to 6'8". But because we are so tall and long, you know, um, he doesn't necessarily look like that. But 
you can see a, a young man like that with his athleticism and wait till you see his skill level. And you know, I could say the same for Liam McChesney and Alfonso Anderson and a lot of our new guys. It's really exciting. Now, we got to get caught up to speed. We return five to you know six guys with Mimi, really eight, but I don't, and I mean this appropriately, and I tell Clay and Roche this all the time. I view you as a new them as new guys because even though they were on the team, they had torn ACLs, right? Unfortunately for our team and them. So they're in a lot of ways like a new guy. So we return a lot of production, but we're trying to figure out how to gel nine new players to our program, who plays well with who, what um, style of play works for those guys, and just figure out a lot of, you know, two thirds of our team essentially. So, um, but it, that's part of the fun. It's like a jigsaw puzzle and putting it together, but it's easy to see um, our improved athleticism and our improved physicality and our improved uh, size. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, just to see how it was a crescendo at the end of last year, and it was easy to see um, Justin Johnson, our our film coordinator, put together about a 53-minute highlight tape at the end of last year, and you could just see, and, and they all, all the guys, we had a year-end party at our house, at my house, and and at first the guys were kind of watching it, and then all of a sudden they just get locked in, and Diogo Brito was like, wow. Like, it was amazing how you could see the crowd get bigger almost by the game. And it was really remarkable to see on video. So um, that's something that, you know, our guys really wanted to bring back. I know when we lost to Fresno last year at home, you know, we had a great crowd that night. And our guys really wanted to bring the Spectre magic back. And after that disappointing loss, we were a little bit like, but they came back in full force and even supported our, our guys even more. And that just tells you how passionate and loyal the Cash Valley fan, fans of the Cash Valley are. Not Brock again tonight. I mean, we knew that he's a good shooter. He had his struggles last year, but tonight he really was playing tonight. Yeah, he what he the in the when he beat Fonz in the in the championships of the men's side, he made 13 out of 15. But he kind of ran out of gas in that in that final. But Brock's a shooter. He's an elite shooter. Um, he can really get it going. And Brock's made some big-time strides over the summer, uh, certainly in his skill level, but also he looks, looks different physically, too. You know, his, uh, his biceps are a little bigger than they used to be. Hey, Coach, At least that's what he tells me. Who are some of the new guys who have stood out to you so far in, in your guys' practices? <clears throat> You're gonna, you guys aren't going to like this answer, <laughs> but honestly, just every day I feel like it's a different guy. And, and so... I mean, I go right down the line. Like, I mean, Liam McChesney's looked really good on certain days. Alfonso Anderson the other day was lights out. Kuba has come so far in making his presence felt in a lot of different ways. Trevin Darius, who, you know, I don't think he scored tonight, but he hardly touched the ball. It's hard when you're a five-man <laughs> and you're a freshman besides. Like, you, you have plenty of opportunities. But he's made remarkable progress. I... I mean, Sean Bearstow, obviously. I can go right down the line. Marco Anthony can't play this year, but he's had his three best practices the last three days. And Carson's figuring some things out. So, like, our style isn't – our style, I think, is a very enjoyable style to play in. I think it's very enjoyable to watch as a fan uh, and as a purist. Um, but it doesn't just happen overnight where you 
learn how to play and you don't exactly always learn how you're going to get your shots. So it takes some time. So some guys learn quicker than others. And what the new guys I think are going to really find is you don't need to be like an All-American on day one. You just find a level of consistency where every day in practice, every game, we know exactly what we're going to get out of each new guy and avoid the ups and the downs. And there's going to be those, but you just got to minimize those, right, the best that you can. But, I mean, I can look every one of you in the eye and just say I'm really excited about, I mean, certainly about our team, but and obviously the returners, but all the new guys have a very bright future here. Jason, did you want one? I said, last about year, time you start asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> so last year, you guys really lacked your three-point shooting, but this year it feels like everybody who steps out on the court can launch from the deep. Like, how much does that help what you guys do on offense? It's an area we worked on hard this summer. Um, I thought at the end of last year, we started shooting a lot better. I thought, you know, Brock, Brock was, you know, he's a freshman. And even though he's a redshirt freshman, he's never been through that grind of, you know, 35 games. Like, and, and he had a high ankle sprain, and I'm not making he got engaged. There's a lot of things that these guys, you know, go through. And, um, but he had some ups and some downs. But I thought the last 10 to 12 games, he played his best basketball of the year. Diogo Brito played his best basketball of the year and shot it well late in the year. Abel Porter, right? Here's a guy that, you know, uh, averaged seven minutes a game as a sophomore. And I'm not sure, he played roughly half the games. So it's not like he was a regular. And now all of a sudden he goes from playing eight to 10 minutes a game, if that, to starting and playing, you know, 25 minutes a night. So, and he started shooting it well late in the year. So, but that was definitely an area that we have to develop some consistency. And so far, I like what we <clears throat> Cuts off there. Um, you know, it's it's interesting just based on two things. One, that there's no standout player, like specifically that every day it's been someone else that's come out and said, hey, he's finally starting to get it, or hey, he's starting to come along. He includes the guys who missed all last year, even though they're on the bench, as part of the new coming group because they're learning things as well, and they're gelling with this returning squad. Um, so, uh, and like I said, the depth on this team is incredible. I mean, it really, really is. This is about as deep as a team you can ask for. They're, they're the second tallest team in the country, Eric, behind who? The Washington Huskies. Go figure. Yeah, uh, yeah really interesting to get Coach, um, Coach Smith's reactions after Aggie Madness. A big chunk of that very high praise uh, for the fan base, the, the herd, the student section, the, the Cache Valley natives who uh, turned out uh, how the reflection back on last year, how that crowd built game to game to game mm -hmm. until it was just that exciting electricity <coughs> that the Spectrum used to be known for. But you're right. The thing that stood out to me too is that there is, there's been growth from lots of different players. Um, and it's hard to say one or two guys really stand out. Um, I also found it interesting to hear him talk about Brock Miller. Now he's, Trying to be, be change his body a little bit, become stronger, more effective, more consistent as a shooter uh, for Utah State. So, yeah, really interesting stuff from Craig Smith after the first exhibition. And, you know, there's not a whole lot you're going to get from that. Um, what the team might look like in in certain sets. It's an exhibition. It's for the fans. It's to have fun. But it does illustrate, though, that in as you can see it on the court, 
the type of height, the size this team has, uh, the shooting, how it's maybe improved. So uh, interesting stuff coming out of uh, Craig Smith and what was going on with Aggie Madness last night. Yeah, it was fun. And again, this team has a lot of athleticism. Their first game is October 30th. Women's first game is November 2nd. Get your tickets and go out and see this team. All right, we'll take a quick step aside. When we come back, our Friday Five Best. There's some great college football games on the schedule this weekend, and some of them are pretty historic rivalries. Where do they stand in some of the best overall? We'll touch on that coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru for Columbus Travel and Delta Vacations. Get double discounts to Hawaii, Mexico, and the Caribbean on select dates, including round-trip Delta Airlines and hotel stays with blue ocean waters, white sand beaches, and nonstop fun. Rates vary by destination and departure date. Book by October 18th and save. For the best travel deals on the planet, call Columbus Travel, 800-373-3328 or online at columbusvacations.com. If you or someone you love is struggling with opioid addiction, here are two things you should know. First, treatment using methadone can reduce cravings for opioids and reverse withdrawal symptoms. Second, methadone treatment works best when it's combined with behavioral intervention. Intermountain Healthcare's Dayspring program in Logan provides both. Visit intermountaindayspring.org to learn more. That's intermountaindayspring.org. This is Bruce Rigby from Cash Valley Bank. We're a community bank, and Cash Valley is important to us. That's why we continue to invest in downtown Logan with new expansion. Our mortgage department is moving into a newly remodeled bank building just north of the Tabernacle. We are also remodeling the historic Thatcher Bank building at Center and Main, and we have a very experienced lending team there. With our new Hiram and Smithfield branches, it's now more convenient than ever to bank with us. Growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Bad internet signal. I hate it. It says two bars, but it doesn't work. And video buffering? Don't get me started on video buffering. So tired of that circle on the screen spinning and spinning and spinning. Lens Audio and Video can solve your bad internet with Mesh Network. There's more to it than a bigger router or paying for faster internet. Have Lens do a signal test, show you a Mesh Network and improve your internet. Improve and extend your coverage. Stop the spinning circle on your screen. Call or stop by Lens Audio and Video right now and ask about a Mesh Network for your internet. Steven, stop dragging your feet. Don't you give me that look. You've had a bad attitude all day. Now look, I know you'd rather be with your friends right now, but this has to be done and either you start cooperating or I'm going to start taking things away from you. And I think you know what that means, don't you, Steven? Yes, I, I do. All right. Okay. Watch it. Bigger isn't always better. At Castalite, you'll choose from a huge selection of pavers and receive help from experts. You'll see just how easy it is to do it yourself. For brick, block, rock, paver, and tile, go where the pros go. Online at castalite.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Some juicy matchups this weekend in college football. Eric France and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. A couple of top 25 teams facing each other. You have a top 10 matchup. Number 5 LSU hosting number 7 Florida. A lot of eyes on that one. 6 o'clock on ESPN Saturday night. A um, couple other games worth note in the top 25. Iowa, 17th ranked Iowa hosting number 10 Penn State. 5.30 on ABC. Um, number 1 Alabama at number 24 Texas A&M. 1.30 on CBS. 
And the Red River rivalry, number 6 Oklahoma at number 11 Texas. That'll be on Fox 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Don't forget uh, Florida versus LSU at LSU, but then a, a dandy in the Mountain West. Yeah, I said Hawaii. that already. Well. That's what uh, I led with. You, you really didn't. You just don't I pay feel attention. like you brushed it over. You're like just is this white one, noise. No, when is I this speak. one of those ones where again where you're like, oh, I've already said that. And then I'm gonna get people saying I'm gonna apologize. And people are like, don't apologize. Eric never even said it in the first place. I definitely said it. Yeah, you think you did. Don't forget the Mountain West Conference matchup, which you didn't mention. Shame on you, Eric. Hawaii at Boise State. Cole McDonald versus a, a Boise State offense that's putting a lot of points up. That could be an upset. Stay yeah, tuned. I think that could be a really, really juicy one. 8-15 on ESPN2 Saturday night. <sighs> so there's a couple big rivalries this weekend. We talked about the Red River rivalry. That's uh, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. There's another big rivalry going on, historic one, uh, this weekend. That's Notre Dame and USC. The mm-hmm. game is being played uh, at Notre Dame, 530 on NBC. So on our Friday Five Best AJ, what are some of the five best rivalries in college football? For number five for me, it's going to be BYU versus Utah. This is always translated to, I mean, even a couple of conference championships on the line. Do you remember the one in 1996 where uh, Utah kicker from like an extra point away missed it and missed wide right? Um, no, actually, it doinked off the field goal post on the, on the, post on the right side. Uh, and then you have like, you know, hard line still open in the end zone. You have Utah's crushing win over BYU to earn them a Fiesta Bowl appearance. And so there's, there's been a bunch of great appearances or uh, good games in that rivalry. It's been lopsided recently. Nine years of lopsided, yes. <laughs> yes, but I also have that one as <clears throat> in my top five. Maybe it's a uh, proximity bias because we see that one more than a lot of these other ones. But there have been some great games in that rivalry over the years, even though it has been lopsided more recently. I have that one also in my top five. Uh, what's your number four? My number four is actually kind of surprising, but it's Alabama and Auburn. You know, there's always a lot up for this grab. There's always a lot. There's, I mean, they hate each other, by the way. They absolutely hate each other. Fans, coaches, players alike. There's no love lost in this thing. Um, and it's it's always brought some of the best games, especially when the SEC, a spot in the SEC championship is on the line, and that's been more often than not. You know, Cam Newton on one side, and you have Marcus Ingram on the other side. Uh, it's just, man, it's been fun. These, the, this game at the end of the year is something that everybody really looks forward to. Some great battles between those two teams. Uh, my number four is one that's going on this weekend. That's USC and Notre Dame. Mm. There have been some great battles between those two teams over the years, uh, and to some big names that come out of those, uh, the, the push, the Bush push. Oh, yeah. Which is, Good one. Uh, it's to be talked about a lot this weekend, I'm sure, but that's number four on my list, USC and Notre Dame. One of the funner ones that was back in the 90s, more so than it is now, is Florida and um, Florida State. I mean, I mean, you want, you want to talk about hatred to the most purest form. There's two rivalries, and this is one of them. And uh, they, they've been at it. And back in their days when they were battling the Sugar Bowl, I remember 95 uh, was one of the best Sugar Bowl games, too, because there was fights on every single play. Um, back then, this, this Florida-Florida State rivalry was so great. It hasn't lived up to its billing since in a while, though. It's always juicy when there's in-state schools, but oh, in different conferences. Oh, so much fun. Uh, my number three is the Red River rivalry. Oklahoma-Texas, there have been some great battles over the years, some amazing talent that's come out of those games. Uh, it. It's, as we mentioned earlier, that's going on this weekend. It's in conjunction with the uh, Texas State Fair, so it always has a lot of extra stuff happening around it. 
Uh, so that's the number three on my list. USC Notre Dame is number two for me just because of the classic rivalry that it is. Um, USC Notre Dame has presented some of the greatest games with nothing on the line at one point. I mean, well, maybe besides perfect seasons. USC's trying to destroy Notre Dame's perfect season and running at a BCS or college football playoff. Notre Dame on the other side trying to handle, you know, you a Power 5 football team. It's, it's a fun rivalry. Uh, for me, number two was the Iron Bowl. You already talked about it. Auburn and Alabama. Great history between those two teams. A lot of national champions coming out of those. Ohio State Michigan's my number one. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's the same with me. It's historic, huge venues. Always been a classic rivalry between those two. A um, couple others that were submitted to us. We appreciate the, the feedback that came in. We were running out of time. Ajay, also tonight, Utah Jazz against the New Orleans Pelicans. Rudy Jazz versus Zion. Rudy versus Derek. Derek Favors going up against his former teammates. Yeah, can't wait. Should be fun. 6 o'clock tonight, right? The Logan yep. Gift Show is less than a month away and is now accepting applications for the 2019 show. This year's gift show is November 8th and 9th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. We would love to have your creative, unique, festive, and one-of-a-kind gift ideas. It's all about fun, style, and quality. This is a gift show that is truly a step above. The amazing food demonstrations, ideas, and your business will help deliver a gift show to remember. Visit with thousands of people looking for gift ideas and fun holiday cheer. Go to LoganGiftShow.com. That's Logan. Giftshow.com for details. Or call 752-1390 for more information. Sponsored by the Cash Valley Media Group. The Riverwoods Conference Center is accepting reservations for holiday parties and events. Inviting you to experience an elegant holiday atmosphere, the Riverwoods Conference Center's beautiful new renovation is complete with new carpet, paint, furniture, and decor. Beautiful and so scrumptious at the Riverwoods, catered by Elements. For reservations, phone 750-5151, 750-5151. This is This Week in the Mountain West with Nate Kreckman. He's in the open, and it looks like he's in. He is! This is Troy Calhoun, head coach of the United States Air Force Academy. This is Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Down the left sideline, 20 this is Jeff Tetford. This is Nick Rolovich. This is Jay Norvell, head coach at the University of Nevada. They'll roll. They'll throw downhill. Wide open at the goal line. Bobbling, holding. Touchdown. This is Rocky Long. This is Tony Sanchez. This is Brent Brennan. This is Mike Bobo, head coach of the CSU Rams. Pass on the right side. Intercepted. Looking for the home run ball. He's got it. This is Craig Bull. This is Gary Anderson. This is Bob Davey, head coach of the University of New Mexico. He catches it in stride at the 25. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. All right, welcome into the Week 7 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. Relatively speaking, a sort of quiet week there in Week 6 around the conference. Only five games involving Mountain West teams and only three in conference play, but we learned quite a bit. Number one, Boise State will continue to be a considerable challenge for every opponent they face this season. The Broncos at 5-0, second in the Mountain West in scoring offense and in scoring defense. Boise State ranked number 14 in both the AP and coaches polls. The Broncos remain the highest ranked group of five team in the nation, seven spots ahead of SMU of the American Athletic Conference. Number two, good luck scoring points against San Diego State. That Aztec defense only allowing 11 points a game while leading the nation in rushing defense. Opponents averaging a measly 45 yards per game on the ground against SDSU. The Aztecs, along with Hawaii, are receiving votes in the coaches' poll. 
And the third big takeaway from week six, San Jose State is a lot better. Josh Love is the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week for the second time this season, throwing for a season-high 405 yards in the Spartans' win over New Mexico. We'll talk to the voice of San Jose State football, Justin Allegri, coming up later in the show. We'll also check in with the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Paul Leffler, as we'll find out what's happening with the defending conference champs coming off their second bye week already of this 2019 season. But we'll recap last weekend when we return. It's the week seven edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and you have it here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Nick Rolovich, head coach of the University of Hawaii football. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. With unrivaled landscapes that provide a quality of life unlike any in the country, you'll find us immersed at the peak of nature's splendor through a gateway of opportunity which leads to academic and personal growth that is beyond compare. Our students learn at the peak of achievement. And as our more than 5,000 student-athletes take the field of play with unequaled passion, you'll find us performing at the peak of competition. The Mountain West is at the peak. Come to play in Las Vegas. See the best in college basketball shine on America's biggest stage. The Mountain West Basketball Championships return to Las Vegas March 1st through 7th. Join the March to Madness at the MW.com slash 2020 or your team's athletic ticket office. The Mountain West Basketball Championships in Las Vegas. Come to play. With 12 institutions nestled in the nation's most desirable destinations, you'll see us enjoying life at the peak of celebration. As you witness us not only win, but win the right way, you'll find us competing at the peak of integrity. As our more than 5,000 student-athletes take the field of play with unequaled passion, you'll find us performing at the peak of competition. The Mountain West is at the peak. This is Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Quick recap of Week 6 in the Mountain West. Boise State goes to UNLV and jumps on top early as Hank Bachmeyer showing off the accuracy on the deep ball. Blitz by UNLV. It's picked up, and it's a throw to Hightower. Caught it in stride at the 30 and sizzles the UNLV defense for the score. And Boise stayed up 13 and up on a 76-yard bomb from Bachmeyer to Hightower. Bob Beeler from Learfield IMG College. Bachmeyer throws for 299 yards and two touchdowns. History made in this one. Curtis Weaver, three sacks for Boise State. He has nine on the season. That is tops in the nation. Oblad from behind, and there's a hat trick for Curtis Weaver. His third sack of the second half. Curtis Weaver circled in behind. Oblad had no idea, and Weaver snuffs out the UNLV drive. And with that sack, Curtis Weaver, now the Mountain West's all-time sack leader with 29 and a half for his career. The record previously held by BYU's Jan Jorgensen and TCU's Jerry Hughes. Boise State beats UNLV 38-13, Broncos 5-0. San Diego State goes on the road and beats Colorado State 24-10. Aztec senior cornerback Luke Barku would pick off three Colorado State passes on three consecutive plays. Play fake and a throw to the near side. Intercepted. Again. Again, the Aztecs are there. Again, 
Luke Barku steps in front of the intended receiver and makes the interception. Ted Leitner on Extra Sports 1360 in San Diego. Barku, your Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week. And finally, from Week 6, First, San Jose State gets a road win at Arkansas. Now they have a conference win on their 2019 resume. Spartans handle New Mexico 32-21 as Josh Love continues to make big-time throws in his senior season. Love back into the quarterback position. Now he fires a deep ball down the middle of the field. Bailey Gaither in stride at the 35, makes the catch, adjusts back left, and he is all alone, all the way to the end zone. Touchdown, San Jose State. An 80-yard bullet from Josh Love to Bailey Gaither. Justin Allegri from Learfield IMG College. We'll talk to Justin about the Spartans coming up later in the show. But up next, we check in with Fresno State. What to make of this 2-2 two two start headed into conference play? The voice of the Bulldogs, Paul Leffler, jumps on after these words from your local station. This is Bob Davey, head coach of the New Mexico Lobos. We'll be back with more this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three, we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress. Steven, stop dragging your feet. Don't you give me that look. You've had a bad attitude all day. Now, look, I know you'd rather be with your friends right now, but this has to be done, and either you start cooperating or I'm going to start taking things away from you. And I think you know what that means, don't you, Steven? Yes, I, I do. All right. Okay. Watch it. Bigger isn't always better. At Castalite, you'll choose from a huge selection of pavers and receive help from experts. You'll see just how easy it is to do it yourself. For brick, block, rock, paver, and tile, go where the pros go. Online at castalite.com. It's the Who Hot Who's Hot student-athlete. Allie McCune from Skyview High School is this week's Who Hot Who's Hot student-athlete. Allie is a junior on the volleyball team at Skyview and was a crucial part to Skyview's 4A title last year. Allie is an all-around player who can pass, serve, and lead and is confident the Bobcats will defend their title this year. Which is why, Hallie McCune, you are this week's Who Hot student-athlete. This Monday, take the kids to Who Hot because kids eat free. That's every Monday at Logan Who Hot Only. Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Jeff Tetford, head football coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. We're entering week seven of the 2019 college football season, and perhaps the team in the conference we know the least about is the defending Mountain West champion. Fresno State has yet to play a Mountain West opponent and has only played four games so far this season. So what do we know about the Bulldogs? We find out with the voice of Fresno State football, Paul Leffler. Paul, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Nate. And, you know, the question you're asking is the question I think the whole red wave is asking. I think because Fresno State had two close, down-to-the-wire, heartbreaking losses against Power 5 competition, one of them in overtime, and then two games against teams people expected them to blow out, and they didn't quite do that. They won by double digits, but they didn't blow either one out. I think the jury is still out, and there are a lot of people saying, okay, what is this team going to be this year? And this opportunity against Air Force Saturday, I think, provides the first real measuring stick to give fans a clue. Yeah, a couple of close losses and then a couple of wins over overmatched opponents. Uh, 
two buys already. It's the second week of October, and Fresno State finally playing their conference opener like you talked about this Saturday at Air Force. Paul, has this schedule been to the benefit of Jeff Tedford's team, or are the guys kind of itching to get going? Well, I think the one way that it has been to the benefit is uh, it's a very inexperienced team. They lost a lot of starters off that championship team a year ago, including in some very key positions like quarterback. So to have you know two buys already to look at what's on tape, to look at what's ahead, especially to have a buy in front of Air Force when you know that's the only team they'll play all year that's running that triple option set, um, you know you would think that's to your advantage. Time will tell. Uh, because of the injuries they've been hit with, they've had multiple injuries on the offensive line. They lost three running backs in fall camp. The guy who was their best receiver in the spring didn't play until the last game against New Mexico State. Another top receiver you know, has only played one full game through four games. So they've really been hit with the injury bug. And you know, when you can get those buys and have guys heal up a little bit, in theory, that should be an advantage. Jorge Reyna has taken every snap so far this season at quarterback for the Bulldogs. Most of his numbers right around middle of the pack in the Mountain West. How has he progressed over the first four games? You know, I think one thing that's improved is he's taking better care of the football. You know, in, in the two losses at USC by a touchdown and at home in overtime to Minnesota, he turned the ball over. And he also had a couple moments in each of those games where he got a little greedy. He didn't take the sure thing, the drive extending play. He went for, you know, the drive finishing play, and it didn't finish the way he wanted it to. So I think, you know, there's some maturity that's come with learning those lessons the hard way. I think the other maybe asterisk there is he hasn't had an offensive line at full strength really yet all season, and now his best lineman, Natane Muti, has been out. So, you know, when you don't have time to throw, you look like a much different quarterback, and as well as Air Force's defense has played this year. I think that'll be a big question on Saturday. How much time does Jorge Reyna have to throw? And, you know, will he be accurate and efficient in that offense? Yeah, you mentioned the injuries. Ryan Grubb in his first year as the offensive coordinator for Fresno State getting promoted, and all he had to do was replace a quarterback. He had to replace Keyshawn Johnson, most of the offensive line. They've had injuries. Now there is the two-headed monster of Ronnie Rivers and Josh Hokett in the backfield, but what have you gleaned about the identity of this Fresno State offense so far this season? You know, I think that's still in question as well. If you look just at the numbers, they ran the ball a lot better against New Mexico State, you know, in terms of total yards, but more than half that total came from wide receivers. You know, they had a freshman, true freshman receiver, Jalen Cropper, who had 118 yards rushing. So that's not a testament to their true ball control running attack. You mentioned Josh Hokett. I mean, what a, a godsend he was. They planned to redshirt him this year. He's an All-American wrestler. And he was going to focus on wrestling this year, red shirt for football, and come back and play middle linebacker next year. Then when they lost three running backs to injuries in fall camp, they said, well, hoke it. We need you back right now. And so he'll be playing in his fifth game Saturday, and that means this is it. This will be the last year of his career. But his toughness, his grit, I mean, he is so hard to bring down. He's got tremendous strength, great balance, you know, good hands. He can throw the ball. He's a real versatile athlete. And when you see him compete and the level at which he competes, it's one of those things that brings out more in the guys around him. So he may be, you know, I don't think it would be a stretch to say he could be the most important player on this roster, not just what he does with the ball in his hands or even blocking, 
but what he brings out in the guys around him. Defensively, Michael Walker has been the story fourth in the Mountain West in tackles. The report in the offseason was Walker was moving from defensive end to middle linebacker, but really he's been used all over the field so far. How is this working, and what is his role Saturday at Air Force? You know, I talked to Michael at practice this week, and uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say what his role will be, but I think it'll be multiple roles. And I asked him about that. How challenging is that to line up in so many different places and to, especially against the triple option offense where you have to be assignment perfect, can you stick to those assignments, you know, in these different spots on the field? And I think that's a great move by this coaching staff to recognize, hey, this is a versatile athlete. This is a playmaker. He's got great speed. He's got the wingspan. He has ball skills. So put him in positions where he can render all of those attributes. And, you know, I, I think against Air Force, you would think that with his length, with his lateral athleticism, that you probably want him more on the perimeter than in the middle. So that would be my guess. But uh, we'll have to watch Saturday and find out. Well, Paul, one thing that I can tell you for certain that I know about Fresno State football here in 2019 is that Bulldog Stadium looks great right now. First thing I noticed when I turned on the Minnesota game, it was like, wow, my television is colorful right now. New turf. They changed some things with the lighting as well, but how are you finding the makeover at Bulldog Stadium so far this season? You know, it really has been night and day. Uh, The lights needed to be replaced, and that was a huge upgrade. The turf looks great, um, and it feels great. I mean, you, you see the footing. It's very sure. They did a great job on the turf. I, I would argue that maybe the lighting makes even a bigger difference. You know, it's, it, to me, it feels like when we went from standard definition television to HD and, you know, thought, oh, this isn't going to be a big deal. Then you saw it, and you're like, wow, that's a big deal. That's really what this lighting upgrade has done at the stadium. And I think it it makes it better. You know, it's a stadium that doesn't have a bad seat. It's always been very fan-friendly in that regard. But now, no matter where you're sitting in the stadium, the colors really pop. You can see exactly what's going on. And, you know, it it was a step in the right direction. There are a lot more things they need to do with the stadium over time, but that was a big upgrade, and the fan base is really warm to it. Well, Fresno State on the road this week. They'll take on Air Force Saturday evening at Falcon Stadium in Colorado Springs. Paul Leffler will be on the call, plus Pat Hill will be there doing his thing, as he always is. (laughs) Paul, well done as always, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the trip to Colorado this week. I'll tell Pat you said hi, and if they do a hot dog race in Falcon Stadium, I'm sure he'll volunteer to call the (laughs) play-by. Thanks, Paul. All right, Nate. Elsewhere in the West Division, San Jose State had three wins total over the last two seasons. Now they have three wins already here in 2019. We check in with the voice of the Spartans, Justin Allegri, next here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Troy Calhoun, head football coach of the United States Air Force Academy. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. With 12 institutions nestled in the nation's most desirable destinations, you'll see us enjoying life at the peak of celebration. As you witness us not only win, but win the right way, you'll find us competing at the peak of integrity. As our more than 5,000 student-athletes take the field of play with unequaled passion, you'll find us performing at the peak of competition. The Mountain West is at the peak. Come to play in Las Vegas. See the best in college basketball shine. 
on America's biggest stage. The Mountain West Basketball Championships return to Las Vegas, March 1st through 7th. Join the March to Madness at the MW.com slash 2020 or your team's athletic ticket office. The Mountain West Basketball Championships in Las Vegas. Come to play. This is Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. San Jose State now 3-2 and two on the year after last Friday's 32-21 home win over New Mexico. The Spartans now 1-1 one and one in conference play, and they'll face Nevada this Saturday afternoon in Reno. Joining us right now, the voice of the San Jose State Spartans for Learfield IMG College, Justin Allegri. Justin, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great, Nate. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you back, Justin. Spartans jumped out to a 26 nothing lead and then cruised from there in the win over New Mexico. Six takeaways for San Jose State. Josh Love throws for 405 yards. What stood out to you about that Spartan performance? Well, I, I think uh, something that stood out to me in that particular game is something that stands out to me the whole season, and that was the ability to force turnovers for San Jose State's defense. I mean, we knew coming into this year that Coach Brennan wanted to see that number improve from where it already had improved the year prior to that. The Spartans, two years ago, it's kind of mind-boggling to look, but they were a minus 26 last in college football in turnover margin. Now, they improved that drastically to a plus one, and now the Spartans are at plus 11 because of a game like New Mexico. Six turnovers gained uh, four interceptions two fumble recoveries but to me it's been the ability to to force the hand of the opposition early this year we saw five interceptions at arkansas and, and i thought that was an extreme outlier but the spartans did it again last week and certainly helps when your defense gives the offense that many more chances in a game when you call every game, you really get an all-encompassing view of performance and improvement what are the strides that josh love has taken here now in his senior season you know, going into the year, I think his main focus in the offseason was to just be more efficient. I think in his previous years, whether it be with the health issues that he's dealt with and inconsistent playing time, he didn't feel as though he was able to move the ball with efficiency from a game-in, game-out basis. And so he worked a lot on that in the offseason. And to me, the biggest difference just watching him play is that his decision-making of getting rid of the ball early has really helped him. And that's, I think, why you see so many different receivers being used a game in and game out. He, he's just finding the open guy, and he's getting rid of it. So that eliminates a lot of those sacks that he was taking from last year. It eliminates some of the interceptions just because he's not forcing a ball into a window that he shouldn't be, and he's getting rid of it, and he's, he's throwing it away when he has to. So to me, it, it's just that, that progression and the decision-making vastly improved from him. And he's, he's cutting bait when he needs to. He's not trying to force the hand uh, and, and try and move it down the field that way. So uh, I think he's a very much more mature quarterback in that, in that regard this year. In addition to Josh Love, freshman Nick Nash, he has also been used at quarterback very situationally. What kind of dimension has that added to this San Jose State offense? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I was talking to Jim Arthur, the play-by-play uh, the -play voice at Air Force, and he was saying, I don't know that I've ever seen a backup quarterback lead a team in rushing in a single game. And we've seen that several times already this year. He's, he's that change-of-pace type of guy, and his skill set is just polar opposite from what Josh Love is. Here's, here's a freshman that comes in and Nick Nash. He, he takes some risks here and there. The, the, the Spartan coaching staff 
uh, the, they say they really don't know what they have in him yet just because he's so young and, and still showing signs of what he can do and the potential that he has. But one thing's for sure is that he can make plays with his legs, and, and that's been evident. And I think you've seen a progression of how the Spartans use him throughout the year. First it was, hey, let's get a couple of, of snaps in here, see what you can do. All right, let's lead a, let's lead a, a series now. And let's put you in the backfield with Josh Love, put you as a wide receiver, and see what options that it gives Kevin McGivin, the offensive coordinator. And I, and I think what it really does is it just gives so many different looks that a defense has to get ready for and different skill sets that the Spartans can put in the backfield now. So uh, while they say, yes, Josh Love is the guy, he is the starting quarterback, you'll see Nash in there from time to time leading the offense just because it throws a different look out there and, and you try to keep the defense on their heels. All right, Justin, time to level with me, okay? Three wins in two seasons, and now we've already seen three wins this year for San Jose State. We're not even halfway through the schedule. All right, the win at Arkansas was certainly the highlight, but now the Spartans are actually winning games they're supposed to win. How much better does it feel around the program right now? It's a a tremendous relief, and and I look at that Arkansas game not only because of the win, but the way that the Spartans. One. There, there have been games in years past where San Jose State goes into the fourth quarter with a lead, or, or they're in it late, five minutes to go, and, and they're maybe down a score trying to tie it up, and the Spartans have not found ways to win those games. But when you're talking about uh, how, how you progress as a program, you have to try and find a way to, to, to scratch one out. And to do it on the road at an SEC venue was the most impressive part to me. Here the Spartans were up big. It was 24-7 to at halftime. And Arkansas comes back late in the fourth quarter, and they tie that game up. So you're thinking, oh, gosh, here we go again. Something's going to happen. Arkansas is going to get the ball. They're going to kick a field goal, and the game's going to be over. But no, the Spartans drive down. They get a touchdown with something like 90 seconds left, and they hold the line. They get another interception. And that is the type of game that San Jose State has not converted into the win column in years past. So that was the most impressive thing to me. And, yeah, you're right. I think when you're looking at games where you say you should win this game, the Spartans are now starting to do that. And the sign of a good program to me is, one, do do you win at home? And the Spartans have done that, yes. Have you gotten a win on the road? Yes, they did it at Arkansas. Next two steps are winning home conference games. The Spartans just beat New Mexico. And now that fourth level of of a, a winning season is winning a conference game on the road. Spartans have the chance to do that this weekend. Uh, against Nevada, and if if they don't get it this weekend, the Spartans are going to have to wait until November 9th for their next conference road game. So they're looking at this one as a very, very big matchup. Yeah, huge game coming up Saturday afternoon in Reno, San Jose State at Nevada. Justin Allegri will be on the call for Learfield IMG College as Brent Brennan and the Spartans 3-2 and two now on the year after that big win over New Mexico. Justin, I know you're enjoying this good start to the season, continued success the rest of the way here in 2019. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. We'll preview the entire Week 7 schedule, including that San Jose State-Nevada game, coming up next after these words from your local station. This is Jay Norvell, head coach of the University of Nevada. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. 
This is Jay at Daryl's Appliance. We have some deals for you that are as smooth as the new airport road. Listen to these fantastic Columbus Day rebates. Save $200 on select Whirlpool or Maytag appliances or save $75 on your KitchenAid dishwasher install. Buy one pedestal, get one free on select Whirlpool laundry sets. Save time and money and get the Daryl's difference because experience matters. Daryl's Appliance, the west on Airport Road. In beautiful downtown Benson. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. October is our anniversary month. We've been helping couples find the perfect rings for over a decade. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary dinner. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring shopping or anniversary shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have over 3,000 rings in stock, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached, no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Sweeto Burrito. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Sweeto is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Imagine a blanket that could give you the same benefits as a full body hug. A blanket that will help you relax and sleep better. I'm Jason from Utah Mattress Outlet, and we sell a weighted blanket that does just that. The true blanket. If you have effects of anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, hormonal imbalances, PTSD, autism, or if you're just plain stressed out, this blanket, the true blanket, is highly recommended by medical professionals. Come in the store and let us show you this amazing blanket. The true blanket is here at Utah Mattress Outlet, 880 South Main Street. Your station for local sports. Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Mike Bobo, head coach of the Colorado State Rams. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Six games here in Week 7, five of those games in Mountain West Conference play. We'll get it rolling Friday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, Colorado State at New Mexico on CBS Sports Network. Rams and Lobos both winless in conference play so far. Mike Bobo has said both Patrick O'Brien and Justice McCoy could see playing time against the Lobos at quarterback. Neither has seized the rain so far since the injury to Colin Hill. We get it rolling Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Big West Division showdown with Nevada hosting San Jose State on AT&T Sports Network and online on the Mountain West Network. Malik Henry, the Florida State transfer, will start at quarterback for the Wolfpack. One game in non-conference. UNLV at Vanderbilt, also at 1 p.m. Pacific on SEC Network and the Watch ESPN app. Kenyon Oblad will start at quarterback for the Rebels as Armani Rogers continues to work his way back from that knee injury. 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 o'clock Pacific. It's Fresno State at Air Force on CBS Sports Network. Falcons averaging a minuscule 2.4 yards per carry in their loss at Navy last week. This is the conference opener for the Bulldogs. And then two late games Saturday night. Hawaii takes their 4-1 record on the road to unbeaten in 14th-ranked Boise State. Huge upset opportunity for the Rainbow Warriors at 8.15 Mountain Time on ESPN2 and the Watch ESPN app. That's a 4.15 afternoon kick off locally there in Hawaii and then finally 7:30 Pacific 8:30 Mountain Wyoming is at San Diego State on CBS Sports Network Cowboys averaging 251 yards a game on the ground this season but nobody in the country stops the run better here in 2019 than San Diego State should be a good one Utah State is off this week and that will do it for the week 7 edition of this week in the Mountain West I'm your host Nate Kreckman enjoy this upcoming weekend a lot of good games on the schedule this is craig thompson commissioner of the mountain west Northern we'll next week right Southern here right here, right here on this week the LGN Logan. 1069 fm 1390 am the fan